Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. We're continuing our series, Walk the Talk. Some of you, you've, uh, you, you've seen that we did around three uh, Sundays of this last month. And then we inserted our mission series. We took a break a bit and now we have three more. Uh, we'll, we're continuing to go through Psalm 119. And so we'd like to invite everyone to stand. So if you have a Bible this time, please open to Psalm 119 verse 137. 137. Then let's read together. It says here, Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. Lord, that's our prayer. The same prayer ng psalmist. Give us understanding that we may live. Lord, allow us to encounter life through your word. Allow us to encounter the way you would write our life because of your word. Lord, allow us to embrace your word with much understanding that we might know that it is well tried. It is true. Lord, thank you. Lord, help us to encounter your word in an even greater measure. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and take your seats. Good morning again. Uh, this place is cozy. This is like our setup uh, before the pandemic, I think. And uh, we announced to you around two weeks ago that, now that we're going to go to the left this time instead of going to the right because of some um, upgrades, maintenance upgrades of monochrome. So we're quite excited about that. All right. Um, to start off our conversation this morning, uh, we're going to talk about choosing the word. We're going to talk about choosing the word, which means that as you progress through life, you will be faced with choices. Some choices will really make sense in light of, I guess, common knowledge, common or street wisdom. Um, and, yet for, and yet, when you evaluate it, sometimes street wisdom is not necessarily aligned with the word. So you'll be faced with a choice, with, an, with, now, with a dilemma. Will I choose? Will I choose what's, what I think is right in terms of common wisdom? Or will I choose what the Word of God has to say? Now, I think, I think one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest uh, choices I've had to make in terms of which, is, which one is wise or which one is not has been in the area of romance. Okay? Now, I remember I was, still be, I was still a student that time. And, you know, my classmates, they had relationships and all that. And there was also an opportunity for me to be able to do that. But, you know, apparently, and, and you know, when, when you bounce it off with the Word, there's nothing that the Word of God says about having or not having a relationship in high school or maybe in college even. And yet, and yet, as you read the Word and as you realize about pursuing God and about what God may want you to do at this time, I will now have to choose to align myself to letting God complete me first before I let another human being complete me. So in my own early part of my journey with God, I had to learn to consistently make the choice to choose God 
more than human relationships first, that my insecurities would be met by God, that my need for love and, uh, and, and affection would be met by God first before I even let someone else do it for me. Now, I know that might not be very defined for some of you here, but that was my journey at that time, and I had to learn to choose the Word. I had to learn to choose what God was telling me in that season. Now, let me show you this picture. No? All of us are in many ways, uh, all, of, all of us to a certain degree need a crutch in our lives. Now, some people would call Christianity like a crutch. Christianity It's just like a crutch. I mean, you don't need that. I mean, you can proceed to life. Well, I think we've come to the point of wisdom that we understand that all of us are at some point broken. None of us have, have it all together. None of us. Even the best of us that you think, Oy, okay naman ang pamilya ko, okay naman ang personal ko na buhay, okay naman ang negosyo ko, even at some point, you realize, no, 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 no. Certain things do not work. And when you come to that place, and you know, as you continue in that, I guess, self, uh, self-dependency or ser- self-reliance, circumstances will tell you at some point that you cannot go at it by yourself alone. All of us need a crutch. All of us need, need something dependable to lean on. Now, the problem is, if you, for example, had that injury already, and then even your crutch is also broken. Now, many people go through life with that. The crutches they put their lives on, they depend on, sometimes also get broken. People disappoint them. We depend on our family a lot. We depend on our friends a lot. And yet, inevitably, they disappoint us. They fail us. What happens to you then? Or you depend on your financial security a lot because of your business or because of your work. And then the pandemic allowed us to realize it could all be gone in a day. And then you depend on your own ability, kasikatan, uh, at talino, abilidad, discarte, and everything else that goes into that. And then at some point, you experience failure. Or... You're insecure as you go through life knowing that failure could be impending and you do whatever it takes to be able to overcome that. And yet you realize you can only go so far. The point is, the point is, all of us need crutches in our life. And it's sad if you depend on something that's undependable, unreliable, untrustworthy. The wisdom of this world and the things that this world can offer will prove to be untrustworthy at some point. Would you be willing? Allow me to allow us to be able to make the case this morning that the only reliable thing, really, that you could really put your feet on and bring you stability for the rest of your life is God and His Word. And we pray that as you get to understand that even more, that you would choose consistently the Word of God as the only reliable thing to align your life towards. All right, going back, no? Um, so, in fact, I'd, I'd put it this way, you know, this question. Why would we choose the word instead of other approaches, advice, or truths? Because many truths come up these days that seem to be really, how do you call that? Seem to be, uh, you know, um, agreed on by very intelligent people. Okay? Uh, you know, for example, ideologies or philosophies and uh, other things that would be like contemporary, especially on the internet, uh, in that whole information highway. There's so many truths that, well, that proclaim themselves to be truths or that they present themselves as truths to you and you're being, in a sense, enticed to be able to hold on to them and build your life upon it. But why would you choose the word despite all of those? Well, quick answer. 
so that we may live. In Psalm 119, verse 144, the last part of that passage we read, Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. Too many people have tried their own thoughts, philosophies, principles, lived their lives according to that way, and many of us have experienced that, but it only got you so far, it still was not enough. In the end, in the end, uh, human principles, human principles will still eventually destroy you. Because human principles are wrought with sin. Human principles do not allow you to be victorious over sin. And as long as you're not victorious over sin, as long as there is sin in your life, as long as your passions are not curtailed, as long as your anger is still there, as long as your, as long as your actions still destroy your relationships, you know, all of that, human principles just could not fix you up. They could not transform you. They could probably, they could probably keep you afloat a bit, pero they're very limited. And there is no life in them. Think about that for a moment. Oh, nga no? You've done that. You've lived your life that way before. And during that time that you were pursuing things according to your own understanding and not according, not in alignment with what the Word of God says, not in alignment with your relationship with God, things were very limited. Life comes from God. And life comes from being able to obey God's Word. That's the short answer. Why would I choose the Word of God? that I may live. Life is available for those of us who would be willing to subscribe to what the Word of God says, to align all of our lives to what the Word of God says. The rest of the passage, we'd like to explore it now to be able to help us understand better. Ah, okay, why would I choose the Word of God? First, because God's rules are right. God's rules are right. There are certain things that need to be right in our time. I mean, for example, did you know that, for, that the meter is a very specific length? And there is, okay, somewhere in the world, an actual, an actual metal bar that measures a part, uh, the exact amount of meat, yung exact meter up to the millimeter. And it is in a temperature-controlled casing to make sure that it does not expand or shrink beyond it. So because... When it comes to rulers, it has to be right. Dapat tama. Hindi pa pwedeng nag-iiba-iba. There has to be a reference point of what is right. There is a way to live life right. How do we know that? Because too many people have lived life their own way and they have in many ways destroyed it. Let's bring it to something practical. Your phone. There's a right way to use your phone. I mean, if you use your phone as a, in, in, in terms of hammering a nail you would immediately know, this is not right. Hindi ito tama and I am destroying my phone in the process. And too many people use their lives in those wrong ways. God's word, it's always right. God's rules, they're always right. And as I mentioned the word rules, I immediately feel, immediately, the repulsion in my heart. <laughs> because I realized, Lord, rules, I mean, come on, no one really gets to be able to fulfill them consistently. Well, that's because we're coming from experience. But as far as God is concerned, His rules are always right and He does not have the frustration of not being able to follow His rules. Sometimes our aversion to rules is not because we don't think it's right, but it's because we have our frustration 
of not being able to follow them. But did you know that's exactly what Jesus Christ died for? So that you, out from your heart, will finally be able to live by what is right. And inevitably, before you know it, you're not even focused on rules. You're living right by God's rules because now you're living right in terms of your relationship with God. Going to that passage, righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. And the reason why we know God's rules are right is because He is righteous. All of His rules go out from His righteousness. In the context of, uh, in the context of family, sometimes little kids would ask their parents this, Dad, why can I not eat 10 candies today? Yeah. Simple question. But you, being the dad or the mom, you know better. In fact, you've put a rule. Anak, you can only eat two of those today, huh? Alright. And why did you give such a rule? It came from who you are. It came from your understanding of what's best for your child. It came from your understanding of cavities and teeth. Okay. It came from your understanding of your own false teeth. From your own experience that now you have false teeth because of the way you've destroyed your teeth when you were still a kid. So it's coming from all of that context, that simple rule that you gave to your child, now only two candies for today. Imagine God's context. Imagine God's context that He knows everything and He's seen everything from the beginning of time up to the end of time. And then He would lay down His rules for you, which are meant to be best for you, which are meant to give you life. Now, you would, if you like life hacks, how to do life properly, you listen to God's righteousness expressed in His rules and then you'll see it. You're right, Lord. Your rules are right because they come out of your righteousness to begin with. It says there, you have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. Every part of God's word, every part of God's rules and testimonies, He appointed them. He appointed them in righteousness. That's His righteousness. And He appointed them in His faithfulness which also talks about His faithfulness to you. The way that God put down His words for us to live by. Now as we talk about that, I'd like to ask you to change a frame of mind briefly. Habang binabasa natin the rest of the passage, if you would begin to take a look at the word as not just rules that you could not live by, that you could not consistently perform against, because remember, God has already set us free from the law. By faith in Jesus Christ, are we able to approach God? Are we able to follow God? So the law, the law we, no longer, we, we, we no longer get righteousness from the law. In fact, because of Jesus' righteousness in us, now you can live by the law. Because you live by your relationship with God. And even if you don't know all of the law, by virtue of your relationship with God, you immediately do what's right because you want to please God. You want to honor God with your life. And that relationship, in fact, empowers you to be able to live by these rules and testimonies. So if you could just briefly change your frame of thinking that when we talk about obeying or living by the law, I'm actually talking from an empowered perspective. I am empowered to obey the law of God because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. So when I read that passage, I realize, no, you're right. You're right, God. Tama. That's common sense. You're right. Your rules are right and I would love to be able to obey them because you appointed them in righteousness and faithfulness. Because of that, I embrace your rules because they are right. They are right. 
Importante na mayroong basihan na tama sa buhay. Importante na mayroong basihan na tama. In fact, we do that on a regular basis. Uh, the reason why we have contracts when it comes, for example, to you where you're renting or kaya the business deal you're entering is because you will refer back to the contract as that which is the right practice in this particular relationship. You do it all the time. You know, every time you pay, uh, you, you, give, you bring out your money and, and, and pay, you're always looking for the right amount because it's hindi pepede na for example yung P2P mula rito sa Novali papuntang Juan Ayala that's 200 pesos so if the driver would charge me 250 pesos that's not right you're always referring or defaulting back to what is right what is right are the rules of God God's rules are right and we default to that but in addition to that God's promise is well tried Subuk. Well tried. It's been tried over and over and every single time we affirm, you're right. This is true. This is right. Ito nga talaga ang tamang gawin. It is well tried. We know that from verse 139 going forward. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried and your servant loves it. I am small and despised yet I do not forget your precepts. Did you see there the, you know, the, the idea that the foes forget God's words? As for me, I won't forget God's words. I will continue to choose God's words. And part of the reason is because your promise is well tried. That word promise refers to the Torah of their time, the first five books. That promise is like it's one mass noun entity <laughs> that they refer, that they used to be able to refer to the sum, to the sum of God's rules found in the first five books of the Bible. So when, when the psalmist says, your promise, everything that's written there, everything that who you are, uh, that, that the way that you describe yourself, God, all of these ten commandments, all of the words that come out of that, all of the, the details of the covenant that you talk about, my, our relationship as Israel being your chosen people with you, all of that, Lord, all of that is well tried. It means that it has lasted through generations and it has proven himself true and right every single time. Your promise is well tried. Now, I know, when you read that word, you immediately think about God's promises to you. That's not exactly what it's talking about. But, yes, it is extended to that too. The summation of God's law, who God is and His covenant with us, now extends to His promises to you today. Every time you read God's word, you would read promises of who you are, what God has prepared for you, what you could bank on, what you could believe, what you could trust God with. All of these things, they are God's promises. And for those of you who live long enough, you know, in your Christianity, you know that. Well tried. Lord, subuk na. Nasubuka na. I've tried it, God. And it always comes through. Your servant loves it. A quick story. Um, we have a friend, a friend, a couple friend, I, I got to meet this person, I think, 206, 207, when I was still pastoring in Imus. Uh, eventually became very good friends with her family, even became a ninong of my, uh, my son. And then uh, they, they own a customs brokerage business. And when they became Christians, it was so difficult for them to live in that world, <laughs> to continue to be, to, in a sense, have integrity in the middle of that. But the Lord has been speaking to this couple, I mean, for years the Lord has been convicting them about paying the right taxes, uh, you know, giving their tithes faithfully, doing 
business in customs above board. I mean, whoa, talk about an impossibility, right? Above board, and then choosing the right clients, and then, you know, avoiding shady clients, and doing things right by the government, and so on. But finally, finally, okay, after several years of just wrestling with it, they came to that conviction already. So gradually, they came to that. They began to pay their taxes properly. They began to, you know, to, to, to try to do everything above board. And because of that, they, be they began to let go of some clients who had shady deals, who wanted two different papers <laughs> to be filed okay, in customs. They, you know, they began to let go of them. But then they saw this. This was around, if, if, I, remember, if I remember this slide, this was around 2012, 2013. Now, during that time, when they began to do that, so they really lost, I mean, a big percent of their shipping because they lost clients. But the existing ones that they had, you know, in a year's time, they got, became so happy with them such that they increase the amount that they ship with them. Does that make sense? The volume. So let's say I have 10 clients, I lost 5, but the remaining 5, they increase their volume to be able to compensate for those that I lost. So they began to tell that story and they were so amazed. Lord, thank you God. We, we acted on your word. We gave our tithes. We paid our taxes. And we let go of shady deals. And now, Lord, you're proving yourself true to us. That now you've even compensated for what we have lost at the beginning. And then because of their integrity, they began to develop good relationship with the clients. Um, at, at that time, one particular client said, I need you to be able to move this much in so, so certain amount of time. But then said, I'd have to decline. I don't have enough tractor heads, trucks. I don't have enough. How much would a truck cost? Okay, let me pay it up front. And then you just, and, and uh, there's, and it, it's, it's a gift to you. It's a gift, a gift, literally a gift. It was given to them. They've had two or three of those given to them because of the way they have dealt with, with integrity, with their clients, a blessing just like that. God's promise, well tried. It is well tried. You've probably done it too. Kumusta ba? Nag-work ba sa buhay mo? Naayos nga ba ang relationships mo? Naayos ba yung, na-address nga ba yung sadness, depression, anxiety mo? Because of the word of God, the promise of God's word. Have you tried obeying it fully? You know, some people would get frustrated with the word and say it does not work. But you've not tried to obey it fully. Go ahead and obey it radically. Come on. Make the ultimate choice of just absolute surrender to God once again. And just obey God's word fully, radically. And see how God will vindicate his word in your life by causing you to experience it. And you're going to say in the end, Lord, I've tried your word. You're right, God. It works. It works. You'll be able to say with the psalmist, your promise is well tried and your servant loves it. Do not be like the foes who forget. Even if you're small and despised, do not forget. Do not forget. God's rules are right and they are well tried. And final one, God's law is true. In a world of relative truths, where people would often say, oh, truth is relative. Your truth, stick to that. My truth, I stick to my truth. And then let, my tru let these different truths coexist with each other. <sighs> Philosophically, that does not work. Because when you say there is no absolute truth, you've just given an absolute statement. <laughs> which, you know, which, which conflicts with the content of the statement you just made. And when I say that this, for example, this particular tela is one meter. 
If it is 101 centimeters, it cannot be one meter. There is only one meter and it only it exists. You cannot have 99 cm and 101 cm and call it one meter. No, one meter is one meter. Certain things are true. You know, I, 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 I have had friends who don't tell me, I'm not so sure if hell even exists and heaven even exists. You're right. And we're going to find out in the end. And I will not, I cannot impose on you what I believe. But the problem is this. When we do find out, it'll be too late. Because then, if there is indeed a heaven and a hell, then that has implications on you and your eternal destination. It has implications on what will happen with the rest of your life. It not, not rest of your life, with your eternity for that matter. I mean, whoa, come on. There are certain truths that we could just, there are certain truths that we could not just ignore because they have huge implications when it comes to our eternity and our family. And if we continue to ignore these truths and you've tried this already, you've tried to live your life your own way, by your own principles, it just did not work. You would regularly hit a dead end. But when you applied the word of God, it brought you freedom. It brought you freedom. Whoa! I could be free from my sexual sin? Come on! This feels good to actually be exclusive with my wife. This feels good to actually not have lewd images in my head. This feels good to no longer lie. It feels good to not try to remember the last thing I said to this person to make sure that I'm consistent with the deceit that I have towards him or her. You know, that's what they say. When you no longer need, when you log, no longer need to lie, you don't need to remember the last conversation you had you know, with that person. We just be real and true, transparent even now. There's freedom. There's freedom in telling the truth. There's freedom in not deceiving others. There's freedom in not deceiving yourself. There's freedom in being real. There is freedom in being, in being true, especially to the people whom you love most. There's freedom. We cannot live by the lie that there are many truths in this world. No, there's only one truth and He is a person. And His righteousness and faithfulness is the reason why He's put down some rules, statutes, precepts, promises, testimonies, and everything else that goes with that. And we have got to believe it. Verse 142, your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true. And again, the reason why God's law is true is because it comes out of His righteousness. Which means this. Ito siya. You could live your life. You could live your life looking for stability elsewhere. Or you could live your life looking for stability in God and in His Word. Remember, He is righteous. Which is why His words and His law, it is true. It is true. And if God is true, and all of my circumstances say otherwise, I can still be steadfast and constant and unchanging in terms of my, in terms of my sense of security. You know why? Because even when my circumstances are not in alignment with the Word, as long as my life and my family is in alignment with the Word, naturally my circumstances will eventually give way to the truth of the Word of God. Which one will win out in the end? It is truth, not falsehood. It is truth that will win out in the end. What do, what do I mean by that? Sa dulo ng buhay, ano ang tunay na mangyayari? The story of Revelation 
or people's dreams about life continuing on in all its bliss and being able to achieve all of their dreams. Now, it's too early to say, but I think I'd, I'd put my, in a sense, bet. I no longer bet, but I put my bet on Revelation and say, that's probably what's going to happen. That's, and, you know, Revelation is a good thing. Alam ko parang nakakatakot yung Revelation, but Revelation is the story of how God wins over evil in the end. Revelation is the story of God eventually overcomes evil and removes evil from this world and renews the earth. That to me, that's true. That's something I like to live my life on, bank on. Lord, thank you that you, you know, I look at all of the situations in the world and it makes me so insecure. But looking at Revelation, I realize that's what you're going to do, Lord, in the end. Whoa, Lord, I'm happy. Because that means you're fully and completely in control of everything that's happening in the world and especially in my life. And even when I sur- I'm surrounded with trouble and anguish, <laughs> I will still consider your word to be true. So all of that to say, no? To summarize, always choose the word. Why? It is right. It is tried. Well tried. It is true. It is true. So many things that we've depended, put our lives on. I mean, banks, insurance companies, world economy, all of them have failed us. Think about that for a moment. Families, people, relationships, they failed us too. The companies you're working for, stock exchange, securities, bonds, <laughs> they'll fail you too. But the word of God and God himself, he will not. Which is why, which is why I'd always choose him. And I always choose his word because his word it is right. It is well tried and it is true. This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.